Nikola Motor to introduce hydrogen electric tractor to Europe. McKinsey on how analytics drives sales growth in transport and logistics. Netrodyne captures over 100 million minutes of driving video data to improve driver behavior. And El Nino could significantly slow down U.S. supply chains this winter. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we talk about all these issues and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. What the Truck, JP? How you doing today? Good, man. Good. It's been super busy. Uh, you know, lots of... Ooh. Yeah. I like the sound of that, Chad. <laughs> oh, it's all happening. What, what you got there? Uh, to, today, uh, JP, we are trying a, uh, a powerful... Lagunitas brown sugar. Nice. You know why it's powerful? Uh, I think you're about to tell me. <laughs> well, because it's a dangerous 10 ABV. Wow. Uh, I hope we can uh, make it through the episode. Um, I've also uh, changed things up a little bit this what? week. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Well, it is a Bell's Too Hearty, but it's no! in a 16 ounce can. No. So. so. They make them in tall boys I'm, now. I'm also powering up. You are. You're leveling up, oh, uh, aren't you, with your comfort beer? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> you know, subscribe. Like subscribers are wanting to know when are you going to shake it up? We've been. I've. I think I kind of. <laughs> You've established. I, yeah, who I kind you of, are. I kind of like low key, like surprise people. You know. Oh, like, every now and yeah, then. Yeah, every now and then. That's true. That's yeah. true. You like to shake it up, and I like that flexibility. We have some fascinating headlines this week. To me, to me, they're fascinating. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot about um, technology. I mean, from Nikola with the hydrogen electric tractor, uh, McKinsey on. Uh, sort of customer-facing analytics for transport companies, but Netrodyne yeah. with the computer um, vision, like a lot of a lot of tech stuff. But 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 driver-focused tech stuff, right? Exactly. Like not just software, um, but how it integrates with um, the industry as a whole, and a lot of driver-focused. Uh, stories uh, as well. So why don't we dive into the Nikola Motor? Uh, hydrogen ele- electric uh, tractor in Europe. I mean, if you've seen the photos of this thing, uh, this is this 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 puppy is 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 handsome. It's very cool. It's it's, it's it's a powerful truck. It's from what I understand, it's an electric motor and drivetrain powered by a hydrogen fuel cell. Yeah, basically, overall, what I see is Nicola is at a comfort level of releasing this information uh, about what's what's forthcoming with their European-based cab-over model of right, of their right. of their of their truck called the the Nicola TRE. They right. have a Nicola One and a Nicola Two in the U.S. Right. and now they have a, a TRE for Europe, which strategically makes so much sense. But especially when you think about sort of um, regulations on emissions, um, the way that. You know, sort of length of hauls and urban yeah. congestion yeah. and all and, of that and, works in Europe. Oh, and, and to add to that strategically, 
um, the the uh, the the ease of being able I don't know ease but is the best word but their ability to be able to create the the hydrogen stations mm. so much with so much more facility oh, than they will be I able see. to do is in that, the U S. Is that fact, driven by um, EU like subsidies or what, I how? don't know about that in part of the story but I do know that uh, who they're working with the the hydrogen um, partner is is Nell and. <laughs> And and yes. they are, and they are yes. based in uh, Oslo, Oslo, Norway. Right, which and is a huge um, gas and, and oil producer. Ironically, if you want to put it that way, right or but, not? Uh, but but yeah, yeah, no, just like energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not ironic. Um, but you know, the interesting thing, actually, we're almost before we even get to the complete story, we're already diving into this part. But like, I actually one part of the story is interesting to me. Is that or interesting? And I don't know what to make of it. Like in the U.S., um, Nicola plans on you know having seven hundred hydrogen stations. That sounds promising, right? Yeah, that's big. But only by twenty twenty eight. Ten years. Yeah, I'm like I was because I was like I was thinking. Okay, at first I was like, oh. The U.S. will have seven. They're planning on us having seven hundred hydrogen fueling stations for right, these trucks. Right. What? What? That's cool. It's free. You know, it's kind of the free market creating their own infrastructure. If the government won't do it, well, we're going to innovate and we're going to cre- make this happen. Right. And then and I you're was like, oh, ten years. Yeah. Like in ten years, there's going. I mean, there's fifty states, and it's also going to be in Canada. I'm like, but it's also it, like a ten year plan is a pretty, you know, kind of. Tentative plan. <laughs> yeah, ten, yeah, I mean, saying what you're going to do in ten years. I mean, it's like if we said what you know what I'm going to do in ten years, what you're going to do in ten years. I mean, who knows? Well, by contrast, though, what you point that out. By contrast, one of the standouts to me about <clears throat> Nicola in, in this regard is that while a lot of work remains to be done, and that's I guess going back to my original point of. They're um, they're they're comfortable enough to say, "Hey, we're coming out and we're doing this," even though a ton of work remains to be done. Right. One of the things I'm respecting about this company, as such as I have learned over this past year, and 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 their announcements and what they're doing, they have eight thousand orders, like you know, uh, for their for their vehicle. Um, is is. Like they seem so much more grounded in realism. Than, oh really? Yeah. Then who? Like, like then <laughs> say, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. um, uh, a company that I starts with a T. Into the uh, Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so like, they're they're grounded in realism. They're really doing it. They're creating the challenging hardware. Mm-hmm. With the uh, to, so and yet it's this and it's this almost underplayed story. Like we talk about EV, EV, you know, all these different right. kinds of electric. I think I think part of the reason why people focus so much on EV again is because you know while the charging stations might not be completely built out, everyone's familiar with electricity and Maybe. how and how electricity is distributed. Yeah, people aren't necessarily as comfortable thinking about hydrogen. 
where to get hydrogen, how to yeah. tank up on is, hydrogen. Yeah, is it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, it is it as um, efficient uh, as a like? Is it a fossil fuel? People aren't really sure, you know. And it is. I mean, it, not not a fossil fuel, but it is efficient and it's right, clean. Right, right, right. And they're in the engine for this it's thing. The most is abundant. Powerful. It's the most abundant element in the universe. You've said that before, and uh, I need to remember that yeah. The, yeah, hydrogen. Yeah, even more so than oxygen. Oh yeah, by far. Oh by far. wow, that's. Um, I don't know if that's a comforting thought or not. Um, there's a lot of stars in the galaxy. Um, but um, but back to uh, yeah, let's, but back to N- Earth. Nikola has a lot of torque. The Nikola engine, their tractors, um, two thousand pounds. You know, for I, I don't know. Should we get into the the granulars? Um, probably not. Um, I just basically, think overall, the, basically, you know, it's got. I think the main things that people will be interested in is that depending on the configuration, it will have between 500 and 1,000 horsepower. So a lot of power potentially available. Um, it saves roughly 2,000 pounds of weight compared to a diesel engine. So in theory, you know, depending on it's your pricing. It's going to be a lot more efficient. Depending on yep. your pricing, you know, you could haul that extra weight and, you know, and, and bring in another $1,000 of revenue per load. So it's you know there's that kind of thing, um, and uh, Brian Strait, who wrote the article, also pointed out that the zero to sixty miles per hour time is about half right of zero to a, thirty of a diesel. Um, yeah, and uh, well, one of the cool things too, if you're really interested in um, these trucks, is their models. All three models now: the Nikola One, the Nikola Two, and the Nikola. T-R-E, I don't know how you pronounce it, T-R-E or Trey, um, are all, all going to be on display at the Nicola World in Phoenix, April 16th to 17th, cool. uh, after tax day of we, 2019. We should send somebody there. Oh, yeah, because that's going to be fun to cover. And um, I want to drive one of those puppies. To, oh, right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll settle for sitting in one. <clears throat> All right. And this I mean, is just like overall, JP, before we segue. You know, to, you know just, yeah. you know, it's a side note. Whenever they, they let uh, journalists drive trucks, they always heavily <laughs> insure them because yeah. we always crash them. Right. Um, yeah, inevitably. Like, like, it's really funny. Like when you see like the, the exhibition models or the demo models, that, like at the, by the end of the show, they're always like banged up and like. Well, that's that's what they get for letting us drive. <laughs> but um, I, I was going to say overall, like I feel like this is one of the exciting things about covering what we're doing. I feel like over the next, you know, however many years, let's not get too greedy. Like three, four years, like we are going to see changes in the world. Like that's kind of why we're talking about it right now. Such as like it will be, and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm overstating the case. Somewhat like like right now, sitting where we are toward the end of 2018, will be a little unfamiliar. A little unrecognizable. It'll feel like you know before, like in the old days. Yeah, Yeah. I really think that some huge things are coming. Oh, and it's exciting to think about and talk about. And Nicole is really doing it. I mean, dare we say under the radar because of all of the headlines that Tesla's gotten. And as, 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 as much good as that is done for the industry, as right, much right. good for all the... Like, um, Nicola 
has just they're they're just solidly right. putting forth a <clears throat> realistic model. Yeah, the business model and literal model of truck. Right, and they've got big big orders from big customers like Anheuser Busch. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, and 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 they will have a real thing. Uh, uh, another um, story that was really interesting this week that um, touches on a lot of things in our industry is you touched on um, a report that um, was covered really about a month ago by McKinsey, but it was uh, it was it's very relevant. It's it's how analytics drives sales and growth in the transport and logistics industry. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, like if if I, if I may, like put you on the spot a little bit here. Um, you, you note that um, McKinsey's um, article centered around um, three recommendations. <clears throat> and I'm wondering, right. can you tell us about what those recommendations are? Yeah. So McKinsey was basically saying, like, how can you use data to drive growth? Um, and the first thing they wanted to recognize is that you know technology companies, or sorry, transportation logistics companies, right. Um, have a lot of data already, but they're just not using it in the right ways. It's they don't like low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And so th- the first recommendation is to wrangle the data that you already have. The second recommendation is to invest in explaining the data and keeping it simple for the sales team. And the third is to embed analytics in daily routines. And okay. So what do you mean about the, fir- the first one? About the first one is that... Is that um, for example, there's a huge disconnect, or we would think of as like a data silo between sales and operations. So operations knows, you know, which yeah. you know, if we're thinking about a truckload carrier, right? Operations knows which lanes are profitable. They know which customers are profitable. They know which you know accounts are making money reliably. Sales might not necessarily know those kind of efficiency metrics. They might be chasing big top line revenue from customers that don't actually, you know, net very much money at all. And they might be neglecting the accounts that might be smaller, but have a, you know, uh, bigger contribution to EBITDA. So it's about connecting, building a bridge between the um, data that, that the operations has and the efforts being pushed by the sales team. The second one is, you know, you, you, you need to, you, you can't just have operations send the salespeople spreadsheets. That's not going to work. Keep it simple for the sales team. Keep it simple. But not it, necessarily because <clears throat> the sales team needs it simple, but because they've got to communicate that to the customers. Right. And um, they have a lot of different kinds of customers and different kinds of accounts. And um, it's important for the analytics team to build a model that where you know, that easily translates into how the salespeople think about their customers. Yeah, that makes um, sense. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah, and so, um, so, so, and it needs to be actionable information. So don't give them everything you have if it doesn't make a difference in the way that they price freight. You know, to tell them the things that matter. It makes so much sense. I mean, there's a lot of technical innovations, a lot of like things that are really interesting about the field, but we need to be make that translatable. So that report, that, that part of the report makes sense to me. And the last uh, recommendation to embed analytics in daily routines is also really crucial because one of the big things that we hear time and time again from talking to large operations, whether they're uh, carriers, shippers, or brokers, is that is the difficulty of actually establishing a data-driven culture, and yeah, and 
actually operationalizing the data to make better decisions. And so you have to, so the, the idea here is you start small. You start small with a couple little things. You let people get in a habit of making data-driven decisions. Yeah, in terms of translating this data. Start small in that way. Start small on a couple little processes, a couple KPIs, just a couple things to keep in mind. Um, You know, watch out for this number. Well, watch out for customers like this. You know, keep in mind this metric when you're talking to customers in this market, that sort of thing. Um, And let let it sort of build momentum. Let it build habits. And then you can keep... As as the sales force buys into it, you can keep adding more and more, and really build an efficient uh, data driven you know sales force. Baby steps, yeah, baby steps, and it's and it's real because as as you and I have we've we've been covering um, this on a number of levels throughout the year, and um, we're we're hearing that brokerages um, are already um, ramping up their efficiencies dramatically by as many as what three to five times. Three to five times in the past ten years. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so we um, talked to. Well, we 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 we've both talked to a number of brokerages recently, but um, what we've been hearing is that the individual broker in a tech-driven brokerage is covering three to five times as many loads per day as he was ten years ago. He or she. Yeah. He or she. So from eight to ten loads a day to twenty-five to fifty loads per day. Amazing, just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, efficiency, and so in a sense, as you mentioned er, later on in the article, um, you said the the evolution of American freight markets, including uh, a trend toward all of these things: growing percentage of brokered loads, faster transit times, more visibility, greater price transparency, more collaborative customer service. All of that leads to what 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 is you've you've termed as a kind of a red queen dynamic uh what what did you mean by that yeah so in um in uh lewis carroll's through the looking glass the red queen tells alice that um it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place and that's kind right. of what, and that's kind of what we mean the way that um you know we we get a lot of research reports from wall street equities analysts who study transportation companies and really to Maintain the value of your company against your peers. Um, you really have to invest heavily in technology. You have to keep innovating. Um, you know they they pay attention to these things. That when when they were, uh, I think um, there was a Stiefel note about um, Echo, and they were kind of saying that like one of the reasons why they were giving them a good valuation. Oh yeah, was because they had this analytics-driven, customer-facing software that was allowing them to grow EBIT uh, per employee, and um, you know, Goldman Sachs, in in one of their notes about brokerages, said that Landstar was saving thirty um, percent um, of its time per load with new software, which would give them an extra 20% of revenue per Landstar agent. So they're paying attention to it. So it's like... Yeah, so increasing efficiencies, and and we're starting to use the the term efficiencies so much, it's almost like becoming like jargon or, you know, like at some point we need to unpack what we mean by that. Now is maybe not the time, but like we... like Well, if you're a carrier, it means being able to 
you know, uh, one person being able to price more loads more accurately per day, uh, a dispatcher being able to supervise more drivers. Yeah, I think per we day. right. We we have a general sense of what that <clears throat> means. We should probably if your um, broker means you know covering more loads per day, that kind of thing. But yeah. um, the point is, is that if you're perceived as a technology leader then your company is going to be intrinsically more valuable. If you're perceived as a technology laggard, you your equity is going to be at a discount compared to your peers. You're going to be falling behind and watch out for the Red Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of which, like an interesting company that, you know, is um, still like, you know, it's uh, it's a proprietary, you know, it's it's not, it hasn't, it, it's in its um, Series B, but it hasn't been fully released and u- utilized in, in its full capacity yet. But it's Netrodyne. Mm. And I hope we're pronouncing that right. But as far as yeah, I Netrodyne, yeah. Netrodyne, um, there this is fascinating and I think we're going this is whether we hear about them or they're kind of under the radar we you don't hear about them on a customer basis they are going places this oh, is oh, this sure, is going sure. to impact the industry um from a number of different possible ways whether it's autonomous or insurance companies or like anybody who wants more like data about like driver behavior and oh yeah you for know sure. one of the unique ways do you, do you, like um, I don't know how familiar you are with with the um, the story, but like they're yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're co- they've covered a hundred million minutes of driving yeah, video so they, data. Yeah, yeah, so they 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 have cameras in and in the car, in the truck and outside the truck, looking at the driver behavior, looking at the sort of the behavior of vehicles in traffic, and also kind of looking all around the truck itself. And, and yeah. they're top of the line, like super advanced yeah. AI based computer vision exactly. models. Exactly. And um, like you said, they've recorded 100 million minutes of driving time. Which, which what does that translate to? So they. What say, is that? 100 million minutes. Right. Is, that sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? What is that trend? It's a lot. It's a really significant data set. They um, can you net- like can you calculate that right <laughs> yeah. now as we're talking about it? Because uh, a driver so typically Netra- drives what like eight or nine hours a day. So Net- Netrodyne estimated that a driver can drive between you know roughly between four hundred and five hundred minutes. Minutes, a day, right? Which trans if you take five say five hundred minutes. Yeah, you take um, that's about two hundred thousand. Days, driver days. So a total of, if you do the math, right. that's two hundred. So far, they have over two hundred thousand driver days. So that's like of information minute by minute. So it's, it's like it's like filmed and analyzed. It's like following two hundred drivers a day every day for three years straight. Wow! So it's it's, it's quite a bit of data. That seems significant to me, but the what are the implications? Well, the, the thing about machine learning and artificial intelligence is that you have to build a really large training set of data to let the algorithms learn. And most of them are doing it by the mile, not by the minute. Right. But but the incumbents are they're, they're tracking it by the mile, not the minute. The, the, the Netrodyne is killing it. Right, and it doesn't really matter how many miles it is. It matters how many minutes. 
because we care about stop and go traffic. We care about um, you know traffic jams where the driver gets bored and people and other motorists are angry and frustrated. Right. We care about th- you know you know what I mean. Like it's it's we care about what happens to a driver in the last you know twenty minutes of every trip when um, he or she is tired and, and you know, maybe maybe running out of. Uh, their hours yeah and it's easy to talk about like oh when the what you just pointed out it's like it's easy to say oh drivers get tired or they get drowsy yep that's true they do but like it's the, the minute by minute like getting irritated with stoppages and all that like they're tracking it like, like and not, constantly. not and, and not like to be like big brotherish about it but it's really about like when you do oh, those, when you do when you're completely exhausted and you and your and your brain is telling you to go to sleep and you're doing those like head nods where you're like fall, like like their camera will see that and dispatch can alert you and say like you need to pull over or you need to take a break get some coffee you know like it's yeah. it's really it's about yeah it's about safety it's about Certainly. it's about understanding what causes accidents and it's about um, helping drivers make safe decisions and take care of themselves. I think the scary part about it and the, the thing that like, you know, like as we get closer to like learning about the, 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 the driver behavior on a like moment by moment basis is that it reveals to us the constant risks that are at stake, like the constant yeah, they're moving heavy machinery. Yeah, you're moving eighty thousand pounds down down the road, and they're tracking it in in this. In this. so the the theme of this of this episode is about is about data, is about hardware and software meet you know meeting each other right, for right. drivers yeah. and trucking, and you know and 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 to me there are real implications. They are tracking something in a very serious systematic way uh i'm cheering for netrodyne they just they're a ser- they just raised the series b 21 million dollars based in um in a couple of places they're based in san diego um and bangladesh right um, right, right and right. uh really cool story by um our um uh colleague vishnu uh yeah he covers a lot of um technology and, and startups um so check definitely check this new stuff out on freightwaves.com if you're interested in sort of the, the leading edge of transport tech. Another thing that we want to briefly touch on, um, it, because it's a long t- term <clears throat> for it's a long term forecast from our um, meteoro- meteorologist wizard Nick Austin is uh, is is the El Nino impact to uh, transportation over this winter. So buckle down if uh, because El Nino is happening. Um, yeah, and what, what does that what does that mean? What, what is El Nino? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, it like, well, me- like I always hear that phrase, but what is El Nino? Well, it means something's happening out in the Pacific. Uh, Something like warm sea surface <laughs> temperatures. Um, like uh, you know, El Nino. It means warming, right? It means the baby boy. <laughs> Um, wait, what is, what is like, okay, so seriously, what is La Nina 
And how, like, La Nina means the baby girl. <laughs> right, I don't know. I, no, El, okay. El Nino, it means something's happening every about three to five years um, out, right. in the, out in the Pacific. Um, that is, you know... And it impacts the Western Hemisphere. That it, it's, it, here's literally the, what happens, right? So there is either, whether it's El Nino or La Nina, and this year it seems to be a El Nino, which is, I believe, a warming. Yes. Um, and, and something happens out in the Pacific, um, and in the Pacific Ocean. And, and, and depending upon the reason it's kind of hard to predict a little bit is how big of the size in the Pacific Ocean is this trend happening? Is this warm and the, patch and the, of and the, water? And in, in this case, the warm patch of water. And that, and all, it's simply, this is as simple as it gets. That warming trend in the Pacific will affect the jet stream, and that then the jet stream will f- will will come over dip lower. Will will it will come over the United States of America in this case, um, it, uh, in a different pattern than it normally does, and as you just said, it will dip lower and brings colder and wetter weather to you know, places like the southeast. And so for, for, for those in the, the uh, southern regions, specifically probably the southeast, it will mean wetter and colder weather. Right. So uh, but it also means things for the upper Pacific, like northwest regions as okay. well. Drier. Drier weather, that's probably uh, you know, okay specifically. for them. Yeah, that's true. In terms of like, like what, what do you, what can you expect, and what should you get away from, and you know, you you might right. want to like trend away. If we, if we kind of see like an unpredictably snowy or icy winter in the southeast, that could, you know, that 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 disrupts things because the southeast doesn't have the plows, it doesn't have the salt, it doesn't have the infrastructure, the apparatus. Most of the you know civilian motorists have no clue how to drive on a road with half an inch of snow. Um, oh come on, give the southern people. No, a little I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm like, from Tennessee, like, but I spent seven years in Michigan learning how to do all of this, and you know, it's <laughs> it's it's true. Like, I really like, feel like it's not so much about the well. I, no, I don't so know. The, drivers the, are bad all, all all over the place, but it's it about is. the infrastructure and the preparation, <clears throat> yeah. like on yeah. a state level. Like either they have the salt, and the, also though I but, will but say, I mean, these road, what, what I mean is that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like if civilians crash on the interstate, that it doesn't matter if you're a, a professional truck driver and you know yeah. how to drive in a little bit of snow, like you're still going to be delayed because of someone else crashing. That's what I mean. So yeah, th- that's the bottom line. It's a great story. I like the coverage um, from. Uh, our correspondent, uh, Nick Yeah, our, Nick our, our meteorologist. Nick Technically, Austin. his technical term is Director of Weather Analytics and Senior Meteorologist. Right, Nick, uh, Nick Austin. And check out that story. El Nino could significantly slow down the U.S. supply chain and we will keep, this winter. We will keep covering this as it happens. Obviously, we cover severe weather because it really impacts the movement of trucks on the highways. Um, Absolutely. If, if we get significant snowfall or if that's forecast at all you will hear about it on freightwaves.com and uh you know i've specifically asked nick just like hey how how accurate are these prognostications these prophecies of of yours you know and and you know he's actually they're pretty accurate (laughs) yeah right like everyone called for a pretty like you know sort of low intensity hurricane season this year compared to last year that's what we got 
But the thing that makes it unpredictable, like for for our current methods, such as we are in 2018, um, is 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 it's hard to know the size and scope of what we're calling El Nino. Right. How 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 big of a patch is that coldness? Hot the, warmness. Uh, warmness. My bad. <laughs> right. 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 right <laughs> yeah. Right. Like how big is it in the and some and and in the and according to his article. Some are saying it's larger than others, right? Yeah, others are saying, we'll see. We'll it's see. interesting. We'll see, and we'll, we'll keep you updated. And as we get into the winter proper, we'll have a better idea of how that's affecting the, the trajectory of the jet stream. Let's try another segment here of Big Deal, Little Deal. I'm going to begin with you, JP. What is the deal with you? Okay? All right. Well, ready or not, here we come. FTR and ACT report another banner month in the Class 8 order book. Big deal or little deal? It's a little deal. Um, Nothing about the manufacturing pipeline has changed, but it's interesting to the extent that it shows um, confidence on the part of carriers. Amazon Delivery Service Partners was highly touted. Where does it stand after a few months? Big deal or little deal? Um, you know, this, it's a big deal. It's a big issue. I think they're going to continue building um, this out. And, you know, I I think if you bet against Jeff Bezos, that's unwise. <laughs> Ford jumps into the e, e-bike bandwagon, buys e-scooter startup spin. Big deal or little deal? I'm going to say a little deal. Um, I think it's a crowded marketplace. I don't necessarily think that large corporate ventures are the smartest entrants in, in this industry. Bar Chart CEO Hara Berta discusses financial data business and our new partnership. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal. Freightwaves is going to republish our stuff on barchart.com and we're importing their commodities data into Sonar, reaching millions more people every month. Connexial partners with Doc411 to add Doc information to My20ELD and GoLoad matching platform. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. A significant data sharing partnership for a couple of tech companies, neither of whom we know anything about their market share. Will the new trade deal prevent Mexican trucks from entering the U.S.? Big deal or little deal? Little deal until the clause is ever leveraged. Keep Trucking introduces App Marketplace to leverage data-driven integrations for users. Big deal or little deal? Big deal because it opens the door for so many other software companies to integrate their software. GE Transportation Port Optimizer Technology Pilot Project increases supply chain performance at the Port of Long Beach. Big deal or little deal? (laughs) Easy for you to say. Uh, (laughs) It's a little deal. The project is a big deal and could break down cultural barriers and lead to blockchain in the supply chain, but not yet. And it's a big deal that we failed in our mission to... Didn't we? Didn't we fail? I I felt like we failed. But anyway, I'm I'm happy to give the uh, dang it the the, the I'm, low I'm five I'm a low five because I'm happy to give the appropriate commentary when necessary. How about you, JP? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 right. that, I think that was a pretty solid episode. See you guys next week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're interested in freight economics and finance, come to our Market Waves Conference. 
at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine, Texas, this November. Visit MarketWaves18.com to learn more about this event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck? Truck.